What companies would you want to work for? Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good. Companies like Bank of America, which just earned the prestigious Just Capital 2024 seal. Bank of America is ranked number one in the banking industry and number one for their ongoing commitment to workers, offering best-in-class benefits, including a minimum wage of $25 an hour by 2025. Visit JustCapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business. Furnished by Just Capital. The Zone. Playing to Mickey 104.5 The Zone. What's going on, everybody? Woo! That's what we like to say when the music starts playing. Uh, we need to do this, though, before we get anything started today. I saw earlier today the Tennessean published this. We have a good time. We smile a lot and have a great time. But uh, the great Joe Biddle oh, has, yeah. has passed away. And uh, if you worked, uh, well, Blaine, he covered you as a, as a Tennessee Oiler mm-hmm. and a Titan. And he may have even covered you as a Houston Oiler before you got here. Uh, I know some of the press well, he corps. He lived in Houston. No, but I think some of them got dispatched down, down there, there even before you guys ever last year. showed up here. But uh fantastic newspaper guy, and he was a fantastic radio guy, and I know he was a proud veteran. And he was just a fun guy to talk to. He had great stories. And uh my impressions of Joe, he was nice to everybody. He treated everybody the same. Uh I, I just wanted to certainly pay my respects to a guy. Oh, no and, and you certainly knew him a lot better than I ever got to know him. Uh, yeah, I just want to pay much respect and prayers to him and his family uh, for uh, all that he did in this community, not only uh, as, a, as a writer, but just uh, throughout the community. So another uh, legendary, uh, you know, writer and reporter uh, no longer with us. So prayers to his, him and his family. You know, you hope when you get in this business, you can make some kind of mark. You know, you just hope, gosh, can I make do. some kind of mark? And he did. He made a mark on people and made a mark on the people he covered and, and so much more. So rest in peace to the great Joe Biddle. Uh, you will not soon be forgotten. I can promise you that. Uh, Titans and Texans this week. Lucas, I know you've got a little bit of that. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Before we do that, Uh-oh. you just said Lucas. Oh. It's your birthday. Happy birthday it's to your Lucas. Birthday. He, he actually finally turned 19. <laughs> so, he, you know, he's excited about that. Still waiting to buy that first beer. Yeah, he, he still is not legal yet. So uh, we have to keep him under wraps here. But, uh, yeah, man, happy birthday, man. So, uh, yeah, we got you a few uh, few gifts. We always know we can never go wrong with the, yours truly, uh, the Vols. But, we, we I, you know, I really should have got you some Alabama gear. <laughs> 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 that would right. I appreciate you guys, man. Y'all are the best gift givers uh, of, of my birthday the last couple of years. Last year, y'all got me that, like, orange and white sort of little jacket thing. Like, uh, that, that jacket, I yeah. wear it all the time. I wore it when I was in Orlando watching the Tennessee-Bama game. And then this year, this black Tennessee sweater with the orange vols in honor of the blackout and the white Crocs. Fantastic. Yeah, <laughs> because, yeah we feel like we had to balance it out there. Yeah, the white, yeah. white. Uh, speaking of that, we, we we got the Halloween colors, the blackout, you know, hoodie or sweater uh, there uh, with, with the orange uh, lettering man what did you think about the jerseys and their colors man i mean you're you're a vol i mean they mixing up too much i know i can tell you one thing i liked it but i really love the helmets i I like i like that part of it yeah so that was supposed to happen last year for the kentucky game but some you know some supply chain issues got backed up and they had to go with the white but I, I do like the look with the black helmet. It kind of completes the dark mode look and fitting to do it on Halloween weekend. Mm. Is this the first time they've done two different jersey changes through a season? I'm just not thinking because I know they did the gray jerseys. Yeah, I'm trying to think know, if they did I'm the like, grays. Man, used to never hardly, but one time, boy, it used to be a ruckus. But see what happens when, when you win. 
Yeah. You know, people care. Everything's everything's great it's cool. when you win. It, it, oh, it's man. okay though. It's That's okay. Right. Yeah. I wonder. I, did they do the Grays at all last year? At any point? I don't think I so. Think, no, I think they. I can't remember if they did gray jerseys or dark mode jerseys against Georgia in Neyland Stadium last year. They definitely did alternate jerseys against Georgia. I just, I think it was black. I think they did the dark mode twice last year. Oh, they did. Okay. I thought it was out of the norm, but yeah, yeah. They're they, they going to change it up. Go Halloweenish. Can I just say this? And maybe I'm in, uh, maybe I'm in gr- the minority here. The year that Brent Schaefer played a lot of quarterback for the Vols, whatever that year, but maybe you remember Lucas. Oh, yeah, number seven. They wore the Condridge Holloway <laughs> yes. throwbacks. Yes. Bring those back. Give what, me what year was that? All of those all of the time. That's my favorite. That's my favorite UT jersey that the Vols have ever worn. And I, I didn't grow up in Tennessee. I've, I've lived here in 21 years combined. Oh. I, I like the black. My high school colors were orange and black. When I was young, uh-huh. that's exactly what my high school looked like. They had black okay. jerseys, black pants, uh, orange helmets, though, but similar uniforms. But give me all the orange and black. I love it. But the Brent Schaefer, Condridge Holloway throwback. Well, what was that? It was just uh, orange and white pants? No, it was it was a white jersey with orange shoulders. Yeah, the orange shoulder pad. Orange shoulder over the pads. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, that's the Holloway so what, look. What year is that? So Holloway's 70, the 70s, but, 70, but they brought it back in the early 2000s. Like you're talking. 04? 05? Yeah, you got to give me a picture 04, of that. I, I don't in that know range. if I like, that Right one. before Casey Clausen. Oh, I remember Clausen, yeah. Oh, I, 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 I don't, remember I don't know why I always like call them the Brent Shaver jerseys because I remember him in that jersey. Yeah, I know, and he was a very highly recruited prospect that just didn't pan out at all at quarterback. But Well, because he, he was wearing the number, right? He was wearing number seven, and Holloway was number seven in, in those jerseys. But I do agree with you. If they're going to bring a throwback, they haven't done any throwbacks. They, they do these new alternates with the dark mode and smoky gray. But, yeah, I, I agree with you there. I'm showing the Zone TV audience my new Crocs <laughs> and uh, this and this sweater you guys got me. Okay, oh, yeah, Blaine. You, you could just take a picture of him and post it, you know, <laughs> just, just like like I did with, with my my like a normal gear. person. No, with my Titans gear that gave it for alumni weekend. <laughs> no, I appreciate you guys. Yeah, man. All right, do, here. Man. That's. Can you see that from here? Let me. Oh, okay. That was. Oh, it I, was I, a more modern take on it. Oh, but well. it was. Yeah. A, a similar thing to what Connor Holloway wore. Right? Well, if you're on Zone I, TV, I, where's I, the I camera? Think I, well, you can put the camera in front of you. There you go. Yeah, I think I'm on the other side of that. Uh, oh, I'm, I'm not, I, I'm not oh, with I those. love that. Did you like those, Lucas? Uh, yeah. I, I, that, I was a, Just from afar, I, you know, I can't see that far away, but I don't know if I like those. Oh, man. I, I, oh, the, the Connor Holloway 70s there of all uniforms, hmm. I loved. And when they went back to that, and I guess it was an homage to that because it was, I mean, the color shoulder pad part of the jersey. I have no idea. Somebody's going to tell us what season that was. People are just telling Lucas happy birthday on them. Oh, I can't see the chat because, uh, yeah, Lucas didn't pull it up, and I don't know how to do all that. Hashtag blame Lucas. He he left me out hanging here, man. We also asked the question. It's funny you brought this up, Blaine, because people love to complain about things like uniforms. They love (laughs) to complain about that, especially when things aren't going well. So we asked on Blaine and Mickey, what do you think about the new Tennessee uniforms? And it is overwhelmingly uh, in favor of said uniforms. A poll, if you want to weigh in on Blaine and Mickey, you can. Also, Butch Spiridon is going to join us soon. He's the president and CEO of the Nashville Convention and Visitors Corporation. People are, uh, if you have a question, like you're a PSL holder, you've got some question that you want to ask, Butch probably knows about, or there's no probably, I bet he knows more about this than anybody, so we're collecting questions as well. But uh, what do you think of the new Vols orange and black uniform? 73.5% love them. Mm. 
I, I can't believe that many people love anything. Uh, throw in 12% who <laughs> like them. And no, they love winning. And, and that, that makes everybody happy. 85.5% love them or like them. 7.2% meh. I couldn't think of a better word for like, I can take them or leave them. Uh, and don't like them, 7.2%. So 14.2% either impartial or don't like them. I'm curious for the people who don't like them. Do they just not like them because it's not black or orange and white? Do they just not like anything that's not orange and white? Do I, they, think, I think it's that. Traditionalist, you know. I mean, does that mean they also don't like Smoky Gray? Because yeah, it's not I orange and white. That. Yeah. Did you like the Smoky Grays? I do. I do. I like the Smoky Grays. I like the black. I, I like change up at the appropriate times, and I think two times a year, Halloween, like you know, even you know. So yeah, I'm I'm cool with either one. But you, you know, the foundation of the jerseys, uh, you know, Tennessee got to you got to be at least six, seven games, man. And then you now you got to think about okay. Want to make sure all of them, you know, should be at home, but that doesn't work out that way because you're trying to appeal to the recruits. So you got a little swag to yourself. See, you that's know what, what you, it does, and they like all that stuff, man. They do Oregon like it. Just it destroyed everybody. Now everybody has to succumb to it. <laughs> well, I mean, like Arkansas State has three helmets now. You know, I mean, it, it, everybody's got all these uniform combinations. You're right because Oregon did it and they did it great, and everybody wanted to be more like that, but. Uh, it's funny, Alabama. They wear the same thing every week, you know. Yeah, and they still seem to, they still seem to do fine with the recruits down there. They do. You, uh, you just kind of get what you get down there. Yeah, they're recruiting is uh, use on the sideline when we win a national championship, huh? <laughs> you want to get a ring? Okay. Yeah, he's okay. Well, then come wear this plain jersey and this helmet. Yeah, and that time, and that, and that time will happen at Tennessee at some point here in the next uh, three or four years, or you hope. But why would you want to go somewhere that wins all the time? Yeah, what's the fun in that? <laughs> Nobody wants that. Hey, an opportunity for Jimbo Fisher. This, this is not on the script for the show, but Blaine just brought this up. He's, you know, three or four years. If you're a Vol fan, maybe you get you one of those national championships. Yeah. If if we took you to court and there was a case and they were trying to, I don't know, you had to swear on the Bible, Lucas, and you had to answer, do you believe, you have to answer this truthfully, we're in court here, do you believe that the Tennessee Volunteers will win a national championship in football, I'll even say within the next five years. Blaine said three or four. So five years. Do you believe they will? It could be this year. Do you believe? I mean, mm -hmm. you got Hendon Hooker right now. Yeah, theoretically. And it's be. not even Nico, who they recruited to come and, you know, as a baby to come and to come as into the system and learn baby. it. He's a baby. He's a baby. He's a recruit. <laughs> you know, they got the older version of Hendon Hooker, and look how he turned out. They, they tried to recruit past him with with Milton. You know how many NFL quarterbacks Hooker is older than? Like, the list, I, I don't have it what? in front of me, but there is a list that is, uh, that is, is interesting. He's only 25, isn't he? He's like 25. It's yeah. everybody drafted in the last two years, right? Pretty much. I think everybody drafted within the last two years, and maybe even somebody from three years ago. Mm hmm. Because yeah, some of those guys get drafted at right. 21. Well, he's older than Sam Darnold. That's why I like <laughs> that's, that's it. Uh, Darnold. He, he did with Sam Darnold for sure, because he, he, he just turned 20 when he got drafted. Yeah, Darnold got drafted. Well, Darnold is 25 right now. Right. Yeah, he just turned 25 in June. But to answer your question, I believe they can. You know, saying they will is, you know, you get to that point and things can happen in the playoff and I don't know. But the fact that they are in a position where you can confidently say, I believe they can. The fact that you're in a position where you can say, if Tennessee just beats the teams they're supposed to beat, Kentucky, South Carolina, Missouri, Vandy, down the stretch, it's going to be hard to keep them out of the playoff. Mm -hmm. That in and of itself is an un, was an unfathomable thing to say just a couple months ago. An 11-1 and Tennessee team, if they were to lose to Georgia and beat the rest, would be hard, would be difficult 
to keep out of the playoff. Kind of goes to one of the things that I always think, you know, people always ask me, well, if you were an athletic director, you know, because I know you worked in that, what would your, one of my philosophy philosophies would be this. I would only hire a coach who had like a system, like a, a proven system. In other words, I would hire a guy like Josh Heupel because he has a proven system. It's been proven to work in various levels of football, and it's been proven to work again. And even last year, I remember talking about the team, and we said, gosh, what if they just scored a lot of points? And even if they lost some of the games, just be fun. Just be fun. What if they were just fun? Because fun puts butts in seats. You know, if you lose 42 to 40, now I know you can't lose them all that way, but if you're playing everybody close and you're and you're fun to watch, you know, what you don't want is a team that's an absolute just I don't want to say a bad word here, but just a dumpster fire offensively, defensively, where you have no identity. Josh Heupel's team has an identity, at least offensively, as soon as he gets there. I mean, as soon as he walked in the door, they had a turnkey offense that teams would have trouble preparing for. So, you know, shout out to Tennessee for getting to him and how they worked through their process. And they wound up on a guy who's, like Lucas just said, if they just win the ones they're supposed to win. For the rest of the season, it would be hard to keep them out of the playoff. And after what he inherited and an NCAA investigation hanging over, which, by the way, they're filed for what a extension on that uh, to make sure that nothing would affect playing in the postseason this year. Is that the easiest way to say it? They filed. Oh, what's the word, Lucas? Uh, oh, the notice of allegations? Yes, they they asked for uh, not an extension, a yeah, we're both stuck. A review? No, they basically ask for a, an extension, almost like on of your time. taxes. An extension of time. Yes, an extension <laughs> of time before all this is settled, meaning the decision won't come this year. So whatever happens, they'll get to play in the postseason this year, no matter what that looks like. And somebody's going to tell us I what. I don't think they're going to get I don't think they're going to get this minute. It's an extension. They, yeah. Okay. They, they got an extension from the NCAA from the Jeremy Pruitt recruiting scandal. All right, Butch Bearden said to join us next. We've got some questions on Blaine and Mickey. We've got some questions of our own. If you want to uh, tweet us a question, you can do so at Blaine and Mickey. We'll get some answers about this Titans new stadium next right here on Blaine and... Let's see, something different for dinner. Searching restaurants near me. Right here, ma'am. How can we help? Gee, same old, same old. Wait, we're, we're right here, ma'am. Our restaurant's just a few blocks from you. Why is she not seeing us? Back to the usual, I guess. Ma'am, can you not see us? Nope, they can't see you because you're buried deep in the list of local restaurants you are invisible online introducing cumulus boost get a boost get found get on the map learn more at cumulusboost.com are you ready for hard-hitting observations reality remains reality no matter how hard you try to ignore it the ben shapiro show brings you all the news you need to know in america today again i'm all here for the pop culture people dating each other for the press Ben breaks down the culture and never gives an inch. Every so often, and by every so often, I mean literally every 27 seconds when the producer gets fired. The Ben Shapiro Show on YouTube or wherever you listen. Mickey. Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. A lot of people talking about this new Titan Stadium. So we thought, gosh, who knows all the things about things like that? It's Butch Spirit, and he knows all this stuff. He is the... President and CEO of the Nashville Convention and Visitors Corporation, and he joins us now on the Mark Spain Real Estate Hotline. Butch, how in the world are you doing? Not busy at all these days, I would assume. Nothing going on at all. <laughs> I'm just enjoying the leaves turning. 
I was I was blown away when I was uh, turning through those pictures of the renderings and the video that the Titans released. What's been the reaction overall from people who have seen what this thing can and will look like someday? You know, outside of the folks, I think, that made up their mind a decade ago to oppose anything, uh, (laughs) the response has been pretty rewarding, overwhelming. I think people are shocked at how good and kind of unique it looks, feels, and seems like it's going to function. For, like, the feedback that you're getting, what seems to be the biggest misconception about the stadium? Like, of all the things people come to you and go, well, if this happens, you go, that that's not even real. That That's not a thing. Let me tell you the real thing. What's the biggest misconception, Butch? Well, in the in the short run, maybe the all the hullabaloo over the size. Um, nobody's worried about that on our end in terms of recruiting big events. Uh, we can add some seats when we need to for something big, and that's a good solid number to uh, to be working on. And then on the kind of community side. I guess when you continue to hear and there was a an op-ed or something and, you know, don't listen to, oh, the money doesn't exist. We could use this money. Well, that's just absolutely false. The state's not going to give Nashville half a billion dollars for just anything. Uh, the hotel community and our office are not going to advocate to increase the tax when there's no benefit. Um and the Titans are generating their own revenue that if you don't build it, that revenue doesn't get generated. So those that sit there and say we could use this money for something else, uh, just wrong because it doesn't exist and would not exist. So let's use some money we can get to generate other sales tax and other property tax to fund the city and the state uh, budgetary needs. You mentioned the size of the stadium. I've had a hundred people ask me, so it's only sixty thousand. So that means we can't get the Super Bowl, right? There's no way they would build this thing at this capacity. I would think, unless they had assurances from the NFL that yes, you will get a Super Bowl. Well, you have good intuition, and yeah, at some point you would hope people would go. The Titans are not stupid. <laughs> We're not stupid. We wouldn't sit around and support something that did, didn't achieve all of the dreams we all have. So, yeah, you're absolutely correct. We'll get there. We're not going to cut ourselves out over a few thousand seats. There you go, Butch Spirit and President and CEO of Nashville Convention and Visitors Corporation right here with us on Blaine and Mickey. Mm. Well, but since we're just talking about the seating, uh, not necessarily that, but what other big events do you think uh, that possibly be on the docket uh, besides the Super Bowl that you think would uh, come to uh, Nashville? Um, well, I can tell you, I've, even before we got this far along, we reached out to WWE about WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. And I'm, admittedly, I'm not the biggest fan, or I don't completely understand it, but I know how big it is, and I know it's a week-long event, and they're interested. They're open to talking to us. Uh, we've certainly reached out to the SEC for their input, support, uh vision to recruit other things and they have been great in saying you're doing the right thing nashville is 
a desirable in-demand destination, and this will work. And I have reached out to both Live Nation and AEG about the indoor, you know, stadium, especially winter concert tour, and they're gushing at what they can do on top of what they're already doing today. Uh, and the, I think probably the only group we haven't talked to yet would be the NCAA on Final Four, but we have time to do that, and we absolutely will reach out to uh, to them. But the excitement abounds in the event world because we're that city that everybody wants to come to, and we just need to give them the capacity to uh, to make a decision to come here. Mm. Well, with uh, Butch Beard and President CEO of uh, National Convention and Visitors Bureau or Corporation, uh, I, I guess if you want to kind of explain it, dumb it down for how this actually affects the taxpayers and then who actually owns the stadium. I can go into three or four, you know, revenues yeah. here. And then, it, and how does that even affect Bridgestone and them getting events and, and does it just play hand to hand together? Uh, well, fortunately I'll go backwards. You know, the Titans and the Preds have been getting along great. Mm-hmm. Um, I see them and, WrestleMania is a good example. WrestleMania would need the arena for two nights and the stadium for one night. So there's an mm. example how both benefit. Mm. So I don't see it as one cannibalizing the other at all. Okay. Um, you know, the sizes are dramatically different and the needs are different. So I, I think that's a, a moot point. Um, you know, kind of want to answer your question. I'm going to get you to repeat it. Just on the the misunderstanding of Nashville. So today, just with nothing else, the city owes the Titans $30 million for capital improvements that have been done that are the city's obligation that the Titans went ahead and did and said, don't worry, we won't bill you yet. But that's $30 million that's sitting there. Then there's another $30 million in debt service that's still out there. So without doing anything else, city's on the hook for $60 million out of the general fund. And then, according to the contract, the city also has the obligation to keep the stadium in first-class condition. We can argue what that is, but on the low end, it's half a billion, and on the high end, it's a billion. So the city general fund is on the hook. This deal forgives the $30 million in capital improvements. The Titans will pay off the debt. The Titans will take on all future improvements. And the Titans will guarantee any overruns. And everything's funded by dedicated revenue streams. So the city no longer has this general fund obligation hanging over its head. Uh, and then lastly, it's going to generate property tax over there that is generating zero today. It's a sports authority, real estate. It's a bunch of parking lots and giving the city nothing back. So the city will get off the hook and start generating money that can pay for schools and roads and other things. So I, I've never seen a deal this clean for a city. And, yeah, it's expensive. I'm not naive. But the revenue streams take care of that. And so they're either self-generated or put on the hotel visitor community and, you know, we made a collective decision. We're okay with that. Mm. 
We're on with uh, Butch Spirit and President CEO of, of Nashville Convention. I, I guess one more to add to that is, you know, we always get this question, and I mean, we haven't even started the stadium, but they're talking about when we're going through this process of building it and then let alone when you're finished, how will the parking be set up or will you have to, you know, ride and share or there be other avenues, not only through the process, but also after the process um, of the stadium? I think regardless, obviously during the process, it's going to be messy. Mm-hmm. And because I was involved in this the first time really early, I got a really good parking space. So I'm about to get myself punished. And I don't like it. But the payoff on the other side, mm. it's like, what am I complaining about if I have to walk a little bit or park in a parking garage? Um, so admittedly, it will be messy and inconvenient during construction. And when it's done, there'll be more parking garages than there will be parking lots. And that's something we have to get used to. But then I would say maybe we go in the stadium a little bit earlier for a change and we're not the last people to sit down, you know, after kickoff. You know, Nashville's notoriously late. Maybe this begins to change our Mm. uh, attendance habits a little bit. Mm. And what could change that? Is there going to be any real estate or anything for entertaining the fans beforehand, you know, like some restaurants or things to do to – kind of get motivate them to get there uh, earlier? Uh, absolutely. I think, obviously, not when the stadium's done, uh-huh. but over the course of the next, say, four or five years combined, retail, green space, uh, entertainment, outdoor patios. Uh, yeah, it's going to become a, a gathering place easily, uh, probably with a lot of outdoor screens to watch the pregame activity from around the league. Uh, so yeah, you no reason to not come early, no reason to not be able to eat and drink, and certainly every reason to go in early. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm okay with it. I'm going to be inconvenienced as much as anybody. Mm-hmm. Well, the president and uh, CEO Butch Spiritin of Nashville Convention and Visitors Corporation. Butch, a lot of people have brought up the, the World Cup. It just for an example, Nashville was unable to secure a bid for this most recent incarnation of the World Cup. Let me ask you. Where would this stadium and this development and this what's going to happen on the East Bank, where would it put Nashville among U.S. sports and entertainment destinations? Um, well, I think it would answer the question. We would have gotten a, uh, a game had we been able to definitively define either which stadium or what shape the stadium would be in. So the confusion we caused them with uncertainty was the thing that pushed us. Uh, I think we fall in the top five. Um, Vegas, New Orleans, maybe Miami. Uh, We have the best package, the best footprint, the walkability, uh, better than any of them. Even talking to the commissioner over the weekend, he, uh, he made the comment Saturday night. He goes, I've never seen Broadway from this angle, from Fifth and Broad. And then he was like, is it always like this? And I'm like, well, at least three, if not four nights a week, year-round. Yeah, it's this active. So he drank more of our Kool-Aid in terms of hotels, restaurants, entertainment, walkability to the stadium. It's, it's an incredible dream come true footprint to chase these kinds of things. And I hope our problem becomes shoehorning 
all of them in and then turn into the private sector. We're going to have to raise some money. We're going to have to change our thought process on chasing big events because Super Bowls and Final Fours, they're expensive, but they're funded from the business community. So uh, I think we'll get there. How will this spur things forward towards more and better public transit? Mm. Um, I'm still trying to understand that. But number one is developing the neighborhood from Oracle to the interstate from the ground up with mass transit and transportation in mind. That's a lot easier to do than coming in and either trying to dig a tunnel or put rails down the middle of Broadway or you know build a bus rapid lane. All of that is hard because you're displacing existing either retail, residential, or traffic. So to do this with transit in mind, I, it becomes a model for how we expand it out and put some relief on downtown. And I'm the first to say we can't cram much more. We got 10 pounds going into this five-pound downtown bag right now. And so the city needs to hop across the river. Butch Spirit and our guest, president and CEO of the Nashville Convention and Visitors Corporation, talking about the Titans' new stadium and East Bank development downtown. Yeah, but uh, I guess I always get this. I don't even know if you know the answer to this, and that is grass or turf, and I'm assuming it has to be turf because uh, people are always feeling, I guess maybe you can do more events, or will it keep you from getting the World Cup if you don't have natural grass uh, or grass? What do you think? Uh, well, it's turf. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're correct. The The answer on soccer, and it would have to be a big enough game, so the field and the dimensions will be large enough for soccer. There, I hope soccer comes to a turf point sooner than later. But the alternative is we would come in, bring in dirt, bring in sod, raise the field, and they would play on natural grass, and it's just a little more expensive. So uh, we were going to raise $20 million if we had been awarded the cup, and with this stadium, we probably got to raise $25 million. But... You know, that's part of our job. Mm. Yeah, we're on with Butch Spirit. And I guess uh, a lot of people also are asking about uh, PSL, you know, the PSL holders and how would that work in transition? I know a little bit about that. I think it just kind of converts over. You get first dibs. Uh, do you know a little bit about that? Yeah, they really haven't put a lot into those details yet. Mm-hmm. I'm making an assumption that if you're a current PSL holder, and same thing, I'm one of those. So when I, I say that stuff, because a lot of people go, oh, well, it doesn't affect you. Well, no, I pay taxes in Davidson County, so I care. I have a parking pass, so I care where I park. And I bought a PSL, so I want my value. I would assume, at worst, you get some kind of first option as a current holder. And at best, you get some kind of discount for your continued loyalty. I would hope, and if the Titans are listening right now, I hope you're listening. I want a discount. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's going to be expensive, but I don't think we know how expensive yet. And uh, the market will dictate. Has this deal, you talked about the deal and how great it is for both sides here. Are there any comparable deals in the NFL or anywhere else uh, that is kind of somewhat on the same plane as that? You know, I haven't seen 
one that had this kind of state contribution uh, in modern times. Uh, so I, I think it's pretty unique in its own right. It's certainly creative. Uh, in talking to a couple folks from the NFL over the weekend, they were impressed with the deal and the creativity and all the pieces that creatively get it done and don't increase taxes anywhere. And I think that's a really important message, other than the hotel tax. I, I know somebody will shoot at me. But we're not increasing taxes on our local citizens. Mm. Well, you know, the pictures came out yesterday and some of the renderings of what the stadium will look like. I know all, none of that is all guaranteed, but uh, did you have an idea of what the stadium was going to look like? And, uh, you know, what were some of those meetings like if you were sitting down there talking about what the stadium possibly could look like? Um, a couple of things. And, you know, a little bit, not a ton on my part, but I had seen it uh, a few times. First, I'm more impressed with when you think about developing the acreage around it. It's being designed so it fits in the neighborhood and doesn't stand out like a sore thumb. So I think that was really smart. When it's all done, it'll look like it's been there forever. Uh, and then I think the multifunction side, community space, uh, the outdoor terraces to pay tribute to Nashville and seem to really like the outdoor patios. We're gonna have that. There'll be standing room and then kind of stealing a page from the Preds and Lexus Lounge, a place where you can mm -hmm. have access to the team coming in and out of the locker room to make you feel more apart. You're competing with a 70-inch flat-screen TV at home, so it better be good entertainment. Butch, uh, we know that this is a super busy time. Thank you for spending yeah, uh, some of it with us, and uh, let's catch up uh, again soon. Anytime. Thank you, guys. And if I can leave, I'll ask you guys and your listeners, if you like the idea, speak up. The opponents will talk long and loud and make up things. And the proponents are typically quiet. Let's see. Something different for dinner. Searching restaurants near me. Right here, ma'am. How can we help? Gee, same old, same old. Wait, we're, we're right here, ma'am. Our restaurant's just a few blocks from you. Why is she not seeing us? Back to the usual, I guess. Ma'am, can you not see us? Nope, they can't see you. Because you're buried deep in the list of local restaurants. You are invisible online. Introducing Cumulus Boost. Get a boost, get found, get on the map. Learn more at CumulusBoost.com. What companies deserve your hard-earned dollar? Which would you want to work for? How can you know if they share your values? Just ask us. Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks who really means business in supporting workers, customers, communities, the environment, and shareholders. We measure progress, track success, and help them be better. When you see the Just Capital seal, you know what's real, because just business is better business. Visit justcapital.com to learn who makes your dollar count. We can't be quiet if we want to up our game in, in this arena, pun intended. There you go. Fully intended pun there from Butch. Hey, thank you so much uh, for the time today, sir. We'll, we'll definitely talk again soon. Great. Thank you. See you, Butch. Thanks. Yes, sir. If anybody's plugged in in this city, it is that guy, Butch Spirit, and oh, president God. and CEO of the Nashville Convention and Visitors Corporation. All right, when we come back, 
We do have open lines. If you want to sound off on anything that you've heard, you can do that. 615-737-1045. Also this, I was asking Blaine about a Vols player yesterday and how his draft position might be affected by how well he's performing. You see where we're going here? Got some news on that when we come back. Uh, Vol fans, you'll be interested in this. Also, NFL fans. Yeah, he fast. Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. Again, appreciate uh, Butch Spearman for joining us. Uh, again, I've always said, like, just what we do in the commercials should be its own show or podcast. But I was asking you yesterday, Blaine, about Jalen Hyatt, the season that he's having. And he seems to be on a lot of people's radar. And I said, what do you think this means for his draft position? And we had a discussion about it. And Matt Miller, who is literally at NFL Dra- Draft. What, what, what did I say? You said his draft stock is rising, but there are lots of things you like about his game. Oh yeah, yeah. I thought uh, what what was comparable? I, I compared him to to uh, what's the guy you love with this deep speed to Texan William Fuller. That's who I compared him. Will to. Fuller, yeah, Will Fuller, which I then puts him in first second round uh, because you can't teach speed. You can teach somebody <laughs> how to run routes. Yes, you could teach them how to do it. And then he did it against. Uh, people can underrate value if they want to, but it's going to carry a lot of weight. It doesn't matter if they got any first runs in that secondary. It's Alabama secondary. So that's going to carry weight. And then how he just dominated them, they didn't have an answer for him. That's going to carry a lot of weight. So he probably was a mid-round guy. He might have might even been on the radar just because he's still a young player. Uh, but uh, if he's for sure middle round, and now he, I think he got to put at least second round guy just on that. That's that performance and his speed. And this is just us talking in the hallway. So today, yeah. the first thing I see on ESPN.com, Matt Miller at NFL Draft Scout on Twitter, uh, talking about how it broke out last weekend against Alabama. He's quietly been Tennessee's go to target in the passing game with Cedric Tillman's uh, sidelined. And he goes through some of his numbers, which were eye-popping. He said, it's not just the numbers, it's how Hyatt is doing it. He showed a power to his game on Saturday, whereas before it was more flash. He's proving to be a well-rounded receiver who could start hearing top two, which is exactly what you said yesterday, top two round talk mm-hmm. soon. Yeah. Boy, what an ascension for this guy. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what happens when you're in this offense. You're a track guy who also is a really good football player. Get him in the open field, well-designed plays. And and even with Tillman being out, that's kind of helped him be a little more on the focal point because of his dynamic speed, uh, vertical speed. So, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, he's he's, uh, he's definitely catapulting up there. Uh, I'm sure there'll be some naysayers and have all these things when they start breaking you down. But at the end of the day, it's it's almost impossible they didn't go in the first two rounds just off of that performance. Sure. Well, it's, it's, like you said, you can't uh, you can't teach speed. You either got it or you don't. Yeah, uh, had a couple of phone calls on the line. Brandon is still on the Mark Spain Real Estate Hotline. He said he has a segment. Hey, what's going on, guys? What's going on? What's going on? You got you gonna help us what? out, man? Man, I I called on Monday and I was wanting to talk to you, Blaine, because like you got a really good realist personality, and I had an idea. And I don't know what you guys. I just want to hear you guys like spitball with each other about this. But my idea is for like a segment for you, Blaine, on Mondays after, you know, all the games have proceeded to have a segment to where you basically, it, I even came up with the name of it. And the name of it is called Hitman's Hits. And basically it's like you analyzing and critiquing like the best, like top five hits or not even just hits in general, but, like, Big it could be offense, it could be defense, it could be, like, just 
something that just was mesmerizing to you that was just like, I've, I've got to talk about it. I want to analyze it. I want to let people know, like Kyle Brandt did the other day with uh, the offensive line and Derrick Henry. So mm-hmm. I just wanted to talk to you and oh. let you see what you guys thought about oh, that, cool, man. cool, cool. Brandon, that's a heck of an idea, man. Yeah. It's like you work in radio or well, something. I, I know, right? It's all well, about well, It's a little similar to what we did yesterday when, mm-hmm. we, when our crack staff came up with uh, that segment. But, yeah, I kind of like that idea. Uh, we'll, we'll do something similar to that. I, yeah. Because <laughs> something similar to that was like when I said uh, Jason McCourty has that ooh-wee segment. <laughs> I saw it again today, you know, so that was just hilarious to me. Uh, so I had to text him and say, uh, "Ooh, we!" I loved all of those because he he kind of goes down the defensive line row or defensive guys, and then all of us just a few, you know, offensive players. So it's kind of a something, you know, defensively really because you know nobody talks about all the great plays defensive guys make. That's not sexy enough. See, you could be the voice of those guys. JT used to call it on Mondays. Our our old producer JT, shout out to JT out there. Okay. He used to call it Blaine's breakdown. Oh, that's right. Yeah, because right. you know we open the show on Monday, and you got all your notes, and usually you'll start unloading some of those notes. He always said, "Oh, that's Blaine's breakdown," which yeah. I like that. Yeah, well, yeah, well, that's a little different than finding like highlight plays that, and break those down. Like those are special plays. Uh, that that is pretty cool because I, I do get excited about you know because TV only gives you so much about what a you know what a player looked like on a certain play, but man, sometimes it's just like unreal, like. You turn on the tape, like Big Jeff would have been on there just for his hustle plays on running down the field and making plays. I mean, that is remarkable. I mean, it is. And then to do it just so consistently over and over again and that uh, it really is inspiring just to your own teammates when you see a guy like that on tape. Like his his engine does not stop. And, uh, man, that's, that's, that's passion. That's one, two. That's leadership. Uh, and not only that, he has great talent. So usually, typically, those guys rise to the cream of the crop and stand out amongst all the other players. But you got to have that kind of ability and that kind of engine. I would say I had all those things, but I had to have top-notch ability for my position. Uh, but I had all those qualities, those other things, and that can make you a really good player. And once you have all those things, man, the sky's the limit for Big Jeff. I mean, man, we all know, but, man, people, he can be – like talked around the league, literally, almost like Aaron Donald. I mean, that, and I that and that's hard to say, <laughs> but he can get there, and actually, he can. I think he can surpass it. I just don't know if he can do it as consistently mm-hmm. as Aaron Donald did it, and he's still doing it, mm-hmm. really. And what has it been? Eight, nine years. I mean, he's done it since he's gotten the league, really, and that's hard to do. So he's got a long way, but to even say that is just like. That's where he's at. He's he's just that that special. So they took one risk, Jr. And that one was well worth it on on an injured guy who got you know towards ACL while he's training for the combine. They yeah. love value, and he's turned out to be the greatest value they that they've ever found. Steel. He yeah. would have been a top five pick. He was that kind of talent. I had, and I had no idea. I'm not watching the D line. That wasn't safe for me. <laughs> I wasn't watching no D line, and I thought he was going to be real good. His first round pick. Yeah. And that one there, that that's a ringer right there. You don't you don't let those guys get away, and I hope they they make sure they do what they're supposed to uh, with that kind of talent. Well, we Remember, talking. I said this, and people laughed at me. I said I'd keep Jeffrey Simmons over AJ Brown mm-hmm. if we if I had to make a choice. General <laughs> generational like player, man. <laughs> this guy, you 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 eventually will find another AJ Brown, eventually. 
Eventually, you're not going to find another Jeffrey Simmons. Well, let's find our break here. Then we'll find our number two. Jordan DeJani is going to join us in a little over 20 minutes. Uh, headlines when we come back, we'll hear from, uh, I know we've got some sound from Ryan Tannehill. He walked out today, spoke to the press. Did he have a boot on? Did he not have a boot on? We'll tell you all about it next. Named one of the best personal finance podcasts, The Stacking Benjamin Show with Joe and his friends makes financial literacy fun. I got an email today from the LenPenzo.com HR department. I find oh. it really interesting. I'm an employee of one at this company, so but somebody from the HR department sent me an email telling me that I had a raise. If I just opened the attachment, I could see how much my raise was. Make sure you click on the links that are in there, too. <laughs> oh, absolutely. There's yeah, safe. I can't wait. This is I'm excited. Find out more by searching the Stacking Benjamins podcast wherever you listen.